0: What is up, everybody, and welcome to the Joe Kilgallen podcast. I'm your host, Joe Kilgallen. This is also known as Kilgallen's pub for you longtime listeners. If you're a first-time listener, welcome. Welcome. Good to have you aboard. I like to start off every podcast with a little bit of gratitude. So big thanks to all my Patreon subscribers. Fucking love you guys. You guys are amazing. Hope you enjoyed the latest bonus podcast I've been doing. You got another one coming at you in a day. And also, shout out to everyone who follows me on anywhere. You follow me on Twitter. Instagram, TikTok, subscribe on YouTube. You guys are the shit. You really are. And you make it so that I keep going and I'm pumped up to do what I do. So thank you very much. And again, if you're a first timer, I'm a stand up comedian based out of the city of Chicago. I've got great shit to report. I will give you my New York City recap, everyone. As a lot of you know, real quick, if you're a first time listener, don't listen to this episode. Go back and listen to some other ones. Listen to some gems. Okay. Has had some great comedians on here. Go through there, find a random one, and then build yourself up to present day. That's how I think you should do it. All right, listen. I got back from Brooklyn on um, Sunday evening. I was there Thursday, September 29th. Came back Sunday, October 2nd. On Saturday night, October 1st, I filmed my fourth hour, and I'm very pumped. I'm very pleased with how it all went down. I have so many people to thank, and I will get there. I'm going to make a long post um, that I'm going to put on social media sometime this week. I just wanted to collect myself a little bit, let some stuff sink in and I don't want to miss any names. So, and I wanted to get the right words, but I am, I'm on cloud nine as they used to say back in like, I don't know when the cloud nine was ever a fun expression, but that's how I feel. I am walking on air. Yeah. I'm just uh, extremely grateful and extremely happy with how it went down because I won't lie. I was very stressed week of. A lot to be stressed week got, but let me just tell you guys, here's what went down Saturday night, October 1st. That was the date. I've been pumping it for a while now, trying to get people to buy tickets, trying to get people out, just trying to make people aware. And the first show was at eight o'clock. Second show is at 1030. I had hilarious comedian, Mike Leibovitz as the host. He hosted both shows and I had two openers. I had comedian Jonah Jerkins, who's been on the podcast several times and comedian Lisa Traeger has been on the podcast several times both amazing. Um, both did a great job. Lebo hosted his ass off and I really liked how it went. Jonah and I are really good friends and Jonah and I are similar ish in the sense they're both straight white dudes who, um, look like they aren't shy around, um, you know, places that serve bottle service. You know what I mean? Like, I don't go to those places, I can't afford it. But both of us kind of have that look where it's like, I could see those guys in a club, but I could also see those guys like in a dive bar. So we kind of have that cross appeal. Um, you know what I mean? We both look like uh, dudes who enjoy Vegas. I'm trying to fucking paint a picture here of what we look like. Anyway, um, but I didn't want us back to back. We're too similar to be back to back. So thankfully, I had Lisa Traeger, who's a huge comedian, she's one of the best comedians in the country. Easy. And a great friend of mine, so um, I was happy she was in town. I was lucky she was in town. You know, I was I was lucky that she didn't have earlier spots at the Comedy Cellar where she's at all the time, or or the stand, or whatever, whatever big club in New York she does them all. And uh, so I had her go in front of me, and following her can be can be daunting because again, Lisa's had a Netflix special, a Comedy Central special, her podcast uh, that's messed up. That's the name of it. it's called that's messed up. It's a podcast with her and comedian Kara Clank, who's also hilarious and a really great person. It's called um, That's Messed Up because it's about Law & Order SVU, which is a great show that's been on for 20 seasons. What a genius idea. I'm pretty sure Lisa and I have always talked Law & Order SVU. We're Both big fans. And I imagine Kara is too. And I don't know if it was Lisa who approached. I should get her on to find out who came up with the idea or whatever. Because to do a podcast about a TV show that's extremely popular and doesn't appear to ever be going away Fucking brilliant. Hats off to you too And so following her, because again, she is a highly credited comedian. Uh, she's got her own fan base. That could be a challenge, you know. And um, but that was the whole point of a lot of this, was the challenge of it in a lot of ways. So I was very happy that she was around, and I like following Lisa because Lisa's got such a loose style, she's so like chill. I mean, she's funny as hell, but like me, I don't think she gives a fuck if every word in the joke comes in the exact order every time. You know, I feel like she just she gets to the point of the bit and the point is always hilarious. And that's a fun person to follow. If you're good, of course, which I am, but it's a fun person to follow because she loosens up the audience to the point where they're kind of ready for anything. They're ready. They're just like, oh, we're in a great mood. Lisa's very conversational up there and she makes it feel like, that she's just the funniest person in your living room. And, um, and so following that's nice because the audience is at ease. You know, they're not like getting stiff. Sometimes when you film these things or, or record them, because I, the first two I did were originally intended as albums, but I happened to film them. So then I later threw them up on YouTube and said, Oh, look, it's a special now, you know? And, um, and those are fun, but people at those, you could get a sense that they're almost nervous for the person who's the star of the night. I've gotten that vibe from audiences before, but thankfully I've always had really good openers just to kind of like ease them in and and get them to know what they're getting into. Like if you ever go to a live television taping, whether it's like a live show like The Tonight Show or Conan or or any show with a live studio audience or even a sitcom, they usually have a warm-up comedian, someone who gets the audience in good spirits, gets high energy, Uh, a friend of mine named Gary Cannon is one of the best in the business. He uh, does the warm up for a lot of big shows in Hollywood, and he does a good job. He does crowd work with them. He gets them relaxed. Hey, where are you from? Starts talking about that town, and you know, throw some candy out there. It just gets them loose and prepares them. Also tells them what they're about to see. So the stand up comedy special, you kind of let the audience know, like, all right, well, we're filming this, so drink service ends before he goes on stage. So get your drinks now. Like you know, let you know you gotta let them know. You gotta prepare them. If you gotta piss, please do that now. We don't need you getting up to take a shit during the middle of a big bit. You know what I mean? All of a sudden your head goes across three cameras. Let's not do that. And they just kind of pump you up. So Lebo did a great job. Lebo's Mike Lebo, is his nickname. He did a great job of getting them up and ready and letting them know like, Hey, this is a big deal. This dude's been working on this material for a long time. You're going to love him. We're going to have a great time tonight. Uh, We are going to ask, you know, just to remind you more energy from you, more energy from Joe, the whole show, everyone's just gonna feel it and it's gonna be incredible. And so he there ever I couldn't again, I couldn't be more thankful and more grateful for Mike Leibovitz, Jonah Jerkins, and Lisa Traeger for setting the tone and really making my job easy in a lot of ways. It really did feel easy. Um, the first show was completely sold out. It might have even been standing room. There was a lot of people standing in the back. It was fully like you couldn't really move. I kind of stayed out of the room for a while just to breathe you know and and of course my cough the cough i've been bitching about the last what three episodes of this show uh was still there just we're not good this fucking thing will not go away um but i was i was drinking a lot of fluids and trying to and this is th- something i didn't tell anyone there's a little like slop sink janitor's room kind of right before like you enter the showroom of the gutter and thanks to the gutter in Brooklyn, even though I didn't talk to anyone but the bartenders and I forgot their names. Thank you to those people. Um, cool bar though. If you're ever in Brooklyn in the Greenpoint neighborhood, go check out the gutter. They've got bowling lanes and um, just a bunch of different spots to drink. And they've got live comedy and live music. So I was going into that little janitor's closet and just hacking it up. I was like, <laughs> sorry, this is gross here on a podcast, but I was doing that shit where you, you, you got to flum your throat up and just be a, <laughs> Right, and just let that spit fly because I'm like, I can't, I can't be fucking with this. This is too big. This is too important. This is costing a lot of money. So let's go, you know. And um, yeah, first show is complete back. And when I got off stage after the first show, like I felt great on stage. I felt incredibly present. Um, So I was, I was thrilled. And I remember there was one bit that was pretty new. There's a joke that's very new. And after this thing comes out. I will tell you which joke I'm talking about, but it was new to the point where I'm like, man, this really just happened. And am I rushing it to get it on? It just fits so well with the narrative of what the whole what what a lot of the special is about in a way. And I'm like, man, it just it fits well. But I haven't been doing the joke a long time. So because there are times with jokes. I did this with one of the specials where I put a joke on there because I'm like, fuck it, man. I've been doing this joke for the last six weeks. It's killing. Let's throw it on there. Why wait? And then two months after that I think of a better way to tell the joke and you're like son of a bitch you know it's one of those things so I was really up in the air about it and I was doing the joke a lot and it was doing great audiences were responding big like big response huge laughs and I'm like damn this joke is good and then I told it like a week ago a week before and it got it was flat it got like nothing and I'm like oh shit then I told it again and did pretty good but that one time that close to the filming was enough for me to be like, maybe I should just put it on the on the back burner for a minute here and then it could go on the next thing. I don't know. I just, but I did it. And right when I hit that line and it got that massive thunderous response, I remember just being like, fuck yes. That's exactly what I wanted it to do. And that's what it had been doing. Thank you, Brooklyn. So pumped about that. Now I mentioned earlier with the challenge, like the challenge of following Lisa Traeger. the big challenge of a lot of this was doing a show, a big show where, you know, it's, it's me. It's, it's, it's Joe Kilgallen. The show was called Joe Kilgallen. Good grief. That's the name of the special good grief. And, um, you know, people were buying a ticket for that. Uh, thankfully Community Show New York, who produced the shows, CYSK, New York presents Joe Kilgallen. It was sold through their ticket um service like their website and all that and again mike Leibovitz david drake all the community you should know new york producers amazing they were a, another two more people i'm indebted to they're such a great job they set up there so well um again i'm gonna make a long post on social media where i can just name everybody because i don't want to miss any names anyhow all right so um the challenge right the challenge was i came up with this when i was in new york over saint patrick's day weekend so what's that march it's october seven months ago or something like that and um i didn't make it official until july july i was like i'm ready we were originally gonna do like september 17th then we pushed it back to october 1st but i remember back in march thinking i want to do my next hour in new york i'm a big fan of new york despite being a bigger fan of Chicago, which I am. I mean, Chicago's home, I was born and raised here. But whenever I've gone to New York, I've had such a great time. I really enjoy the hell out of that town. And I was like, all right, this makes sense. Let's. I've done my last three, all in Chicago, all at the same venue, at Timothy Tools in downtown Chicago. Great venue, great people. Easy though, in a lot of ways. It was like, I've done this. I've, um, you know, not, obviously the material changes from each hour, from each event. But I'm like, I know I could fill this room. I know it's going to sound great. I know it's going to look cool, but it's going to look the same. It might even sound the same. You know, I, I, I'm very grateful for all my Chicago fans. You know, I got a lot of great friends and family who come out and support. But I thought to myself, I'm like, for this one, let's be different. Let's, you know, the challenge of doing an hour in front of a crowd. Again, the, the crowd for BOSHA, I think I knew 12 total people. Uh, thankfully, at had a lot of people, uh, several people, maybe I don't know about the exact number, but at each show, a few people came out to me saying, I follow you on TikTok. So, hey, for you comedians out there still doubting TikTok, don't. Um, it's pretty great to reach, uh, to reach fans, to reach a new audience. So, yeah, I was doing it in a city I don't live in, uh, trying to fill a room of people I don't know, you know, um, Brooklyn, especially that part of Brooklyn can be a little hipstery. And even though I like, I get along great with a lot of hipsters every now and then. I feel like I get judged by them in advance because they look at me and go, look at this guy with his great shoulders. Huh? Look at those blue eyes and that great shoulders. He was probably mean to me in high school when I wasn't. I was the cool guy in high school. I was Ferris Bueller. I was all the dweebs, the jocks, the motorheads, the geeks, the weirdos, the stoners. They all adored me. They thought I was a righteous dude. You know, so I, that's, that's the message I was trying to convey, but yeah, it was a challenge to, to f- and you know, I couldn't have had a better team. I could not have had a better team. So, the, um, you know, I, I thanked all the comedians. I thanked uh, the guys at comedians, you should know, in New York right now. I got to thank, I'm sorry. This is a lot of thank yous and stuff, but you, you guys, the listeners, I'm going to get into some funny shit too. some, some parts of New York that fucking kill me. Um, but I, I had to get these thank yous out of the way. This will be the last one. And then we'll get to uh, the fun parts. James Webb. James Webb, a lot of you longtime listeners know James Webb was the producer of the podcast from like was it early 2019 through like the pandemic, basically. Or was it 2018? I can't remember when I first I started the podcast in March 2018. I think I started to go to him in January of 2019, if that sounds right. It was over at his studios, put him over productions, part of the People of Comedy Network. And he uh, filmed my Second one, Can't Complain. He did the audio on my third one. I didn't say anything bad. Toby McMullen directed that one of Are You Garbage fame now. He's the producer of Are You Garbage. And James is a delight to work with. He is, man. He, I don't know if there's anyone out there who loves stand-up comedy and champions comedians. Brian Morton from New York Comedy Club, Champions Comedians Hard. James Webb and him are, are right there, up there, um, as dudes who just uh, they just work hard and they got a passion for the shit they do. And those are great people to work with and um, partnering with James is the best decision is always one of the best decisions I can make. He knows what he's doing. Um, He puts the work in and he, he like comedians, like, you know, or like anyone that's worth a damn gets better and better as he's, as he does the work, as he ages like a fine wine, James. And it's great to see, you know, um, Yeah, because that that dude deserves it. He deserves, he directed Sam Morell's special that you could currently watch on Netflix. I'm lucky that he was available for this. He's really getting too big to be doing uh, my shit. But after this one, I'm going to be right up there with everyone else as I should have been. I really believe that this hour is great. It's a great 50 minutes. It's not even an hour. Nobody does a full hour anymore. Sam Morrell's was 43 minutes. Tim Dillon's was 46, whatever. But you get me. It's a great, um, it's a great special. It, I, I I love it. I think the material is super strong. The performance is strong. It's fun. It's loose, and then it gets, it's got some life meaning to it. It's got, um, you know, some important important stuff. Some some really close stuff to me. I get a little bit vulnerable in this one, but to keep it funny, to me that's what matters most. Keeping shit funny. Stand up comedy needs to remain funny. Um, a lot of you are listening, thinking like, yeah, no, duh, what a fucking stupid statement. You don't know though, okay? There are some specials out there and some people out there who are trying to turn stand-up comedy into more where it's like, let's hear your philosophies and stuff. And it's like, fine, I do. I want to hear your philosophy as long as it's funny. I don't give a fuck about your thoughts as long as they're funny. Make, whatever, however you view the world, make it funny though because that is literally in our job title. Stand-up comedian, be a fucking comedian. All right, um, I got in Thursday. Great flight, great flight had a skinny woman that weighed 90 pounds sitting in the middle seat next to me. Dream, that's always the dream. I get in first, I'm in the window, and as the people start to come in, and I'm always like boarding group nine because I'm lazy as fuck, and as the people are walking down that playing aisle, everyone's been here. Everyone's, been, this isn't even just like a man thing. This is, I'm sure women have this too. You start to make eyes with the people who are coming your way, and you start to think to yourself, fuck, please, not that one, not that one. Oh man, sorry, not that one. You, you look like you smell terrible. Please no. Please no. You know what I mean? You, oh God, what are you wearing? You know what I mean? That's just like, what well you got, you got really three Big McDonald's bags in your hand. You know what I mean? That's not even like a weight joke. That's just about some people. It could be some skinny fuck. Who's going to have two sausage egg McMuffins right next to you. And guess what? You at 30,000 feet, you're going to get some greasy farts. You are going to get farts from that grease and it's going to fuck up the back cabin. You know what I mean? You don't want that. So that's why you're kind of hoping yourself and you're seeing yourself. Oh yes here we go. This yoga girl, please come on down. Sit right here. All right. Nice. 25 year old yoga instructor. It's, it's just nice. Look, I'm a married man. It's not even about that. I tell my wife this, I go, Hey, if someone's going to sit next to me, middle seat, when I'm on an aisle or window, I want it to be some 105 pound woman, right? I want it to be, cause you want someone tiny. And if it's not gonna be a woman, I want to be a small slender man. I just don't want anyone who I'm worried about their legs getting on my side of my small little space. I don't want to have to fight for elbow space with them. I don't want them laying over on me. You just don't want that. So right away, flight off. Great. I read about 90 pages of this awesome book. I'm reading a Jack Reacher book and it's kicking ass so far when it's done. I'll tell you about it. I'm really excited to keep reading it. I'm like I'm about 80 more pages. I think I'm done. And then I land at LaGuardia. Here's where New York fucked up. They don't really have a train that goes directly out of LaGuardia anywhere. You have to take buses. I was too exhausted to take buses. So I'm like, what's the Uber going to cost me to get into Brooklyn from here? 50 bucks. Okay, that part sucks, but whatever. Worth it. Let's go. Meet up with my buddy, Amy Shanker. Shout out to Amy Shanker. You're amazing. Let me crash over at her place. It's awesome. Guys, guess what I did uh, on Thursday? I smoked a lot of weed. I did because Joe stressed the fuck out all week because I was thinking about ticket sales. I was thinking about how I got to get this hour exactly right. You know what I mean? There was a lot at stake. There was more at stake for this one than any of the other three. So I'm like, I'm going to hit this pipe or whatever she had bull. I don't know the terms for weed stuff. She did explain a bong to me because later that night she she was smoking out of a bong. And I'm like, what do I got to do? Like you suck in, then you hold this part in, then you light. Then you let this part bubble. Then you switch your hands to this. And I'm like, that's fucking dumb. I don't, no way. It should not be more than a three-step process to get high. That's, should be, give me the bowl. Because the bowl, you just, you, right? The only thing with the bowl is you got to hit as you light. Otherwise, you could burn your thumb. I used to do that back when I was an idiot. When I just light it, not realizing you're supposed to suck in real hard as you light it. And uh, And, it, dude, that stuff is so good. Being high is fun. I missed it. I have not been high since I became a dad. And not that I don't think you could do both. It's that I just, I have to wake up early with my kids often and I sleep too good. So I'm getting stoned the night before. My fear was like when my sons relied on me to get them out of their cribs, now they don't rely on me. Thankfully, my five-year-old's in a bed and my three-year-old's in like a toddler bed, they call it. Anyhow, um, I'm, I was, I was afraid that I'd be so dead asleep that they'd be like crying for me. And I want to be able to hear them because I always would sleep amazing on nights I got high. But now I'm thinking I got to incorporate some sort of way to smoke a little. I got to figure out a way to either increase my tolerance a little bit because right now my tolerance is weak or just know just the right amount. Just be like, just like a little quick little and uh, and be good to rock, you know, because I felt very calm all day Thursday. And then we're going to flash forward to Friday, Friday, Airbnb. Shout out to Danny Callis. One of my best friends. Dude is amazing. Me and him, we, me and a few of the guys have been talking about doing a trip for like a year or two now. And he said, Hey, you're filming your thing in New York, October 1st. Why don't I get an Airbnb? We'll get a big group going. it will be cheap. Cause our, our, you know, a lot of us, we'd like seven or eight dudes. He found like a five bedroom place. Uh, not in the greatest area, if I'm being honest, but the place itself was nice. And, um, and it blasts. I hadn't seen people I hadn't seen in a long time. Saw comedian Nate Burroughs, who's been kicking ass down in St. Louis. Now he's gonna be starting a sandwich shop, sandwich bar, like a bar slash sandwich place. When that comes out, I'll have to have him on because I think it's such a cool concept. You know, like we get like a submarine sandwich and also get drunk. <laughs> it's fucking kick ass. Right. And then, um, cause there's been times where I'm at Jersey Mike's and I'm like, I'd like a big lager right now. And I saw Michael Sanchez who, uh, one of the founders of communities, you should know. I haven't talked to him in a while love that dude i feel like even though i hadn't talked to him in a while we were able to just go right back you know you ever see there's some people where you could go a couple of years without seeing them and you do not miss a beat michael sanchez is one of those guys and a bunch of other people it was just such a great crew of people right and um the funny thing is here's danny cows i'm gonna, danny if you're listening you're a fucking idiot here's where you're an idiot and he knows it I, I mean this it was love all those guys were getting in friday i got in the day before thursday because i knew i had to leave sunday they were all going to stick around and uh, you know i think a few of them are still there even and all of a sudden we're just like what the fuck is taking him so long two people who were on the, who landed at the same time matt riggs and bobby buds were at the airbnb so there's four of us at the airbnb and then a fifth guy comes out, i think chris damon came in and we're just like well, what the fuck is taking danny songs so so we're texting him we're like dude what what's going on he's like two more hours three more I'm Like, well, why Why? it should not take you that long and then finally i'm like dude get off the buses get a fucking uber pay for the car Bite the bullet. I know you don't want to pay 50 bucks for a car because you'd rather take public transportation because it is way cheaper. I get that. But man, it's going to take you that long. And we still couldn't figure out why it took him that long. Then we found out. This idiot, a few weeks ago in Chicago, when the train was down, set his GPS for buses only. So he was getting information on how to get buses only from LaGuardia Airport, which is like deep into Queens, to Brooklyn, Crown Heights, Brooklyn, where we were. That's what the, like, are you, we couldn't believe it. He finally walks in. I got to share the picture. I think I probably retweeted it on my Twitter. Back, big backpack on, you know what I mean? Jacket, sunglasses, holding a big ass 40. He had a 40 ouncer Because at that point, you got to get drunk. And he was drinking on the walk because he's like, fuck this shit. Took him four hours on buses. He It took him, it, it, more embarrassing part, it took him almost three hours to figure out what the fuck he did wrong. And then once he figured it out, it was like, geez, it's I'm I'm in it now. I am in it, and um, yeah. And it was just that night. I took it easy though. I didn't really. I smoked up. We had some beers. on the, the there was this great backyard, like couple decks thing they had, which is really cool at the Airbnb. And we just drank on there for a little bit. And then those boys went out and um, hit a couple bars, I think. And I just wanted to lie low. I didn't want to risk a hangover. Then the next day, if you guys are ever in New York. I highly recommend you go to Vinyl Steakhouse. It's in Midtown, I believe. Just look up Vinyl Steakhouse in Manhattan. Good friend of the podcast. uh, He's been on the podcast. Comedian Sean Flannery's brother, Kevin Flannery, is the owner. It It was rated the number one steakhouse in Manhattan. Think about that. I went there with Jonah Jerkins and his awesome girlfriend, Laura, and it was phenomenal so good. Everything I tasted was amazing. I only got the eight ounce filet. Cause again, I, I was performing that night. So I'm like, I'm not going to get a big porterhouse and just be ugh, like stuffed to the gills. I got to be able to be nimble, right? I got to be on stage and have some energy and be loose. And it was great. That was what I did for that meal. I mean, I can't think of what I did earlier in the day, earlier in the day, we we're all kind of slow moving, um, which I was fine with. It was chill. This was a work weekend for me. This wasn't like for a lot of the guys, it was also like a vacation for them. So they were bouncing around they went to McSorley's, which is this Irish pub, which is believed to be the oldest bar in America, I think, like from like 18-something, 1830-something, like really oldest still open bar, and um, yeah, they had a blast. I mean, it was just a fucking great trip. Just, again, too many people to thank, and I know a lot of you guys probably wanted to hear an entertaining podcast just not me thanking people, but <coughs> I don't know, it just felt... I'm still, I'm still on cloud nine about it, man. I'm still walking on air and I can't wait for everyone to get a look at this thing. I really can't. The after party was fun. So many people can like, um, just hung out and, and party with us. A lot of comedian friends of mine I hadn't seen showed up, uh, Tommy McNamara, Tom Takar. Um, I'm going to miss name, Bobby Condon. Um, Mike Pinskoy, who was actually one of the film, he operated one of the cameras. I got to get a list of all these people to thank. But it was the shit, man. It was awesome. And then the next day, Manchester City versus Man United got to watch Man City fuck them up. Final score 6 3. They're lucky it wasn't fucking 10 1. Um, they scored their goals when it was just like City was already over it. They are subbing out. Um, Erling Holland, my God. What, like, hat trick again? Uh, Phil Foden, hat trick again. Uh, if you guys aren't watching Premier League soccer, try to give it a go. Give it a go. Give it a go. I know most of my listeners probably aren't into the Premier League um or into soccer in general but give it give it a whirl give it a whirl it is it is fun it is very fun and um yeah I don't I don't know I think I'm just gonna I might have to wrap up the podcast on that no I I did mention I said last week I'd have guests back in October look I needed time because um the one guest I wanted was still in New York and uh which I just needed time to chill I got back Sunday night and then all day yesterday I was just no today's Monday no today's Tuesday but all day Monday, I was just like, oh, so sore still just from all the partying. Cause I did get very drunk on uh, Saturday night, very drunk. And then my cousin, Michelle, who came out, she's got friends in New York. We were on the same flight back. It's really nice to see. Um, so still some weirdos out there in airports these days. People who just don't get it quite frankly. Um, when you're going through the line at TSA, do you, this one woman had boots up to her knee, knee high boots. We're wearing knee high boots. You understand you have to take those off. Did did you, this is not, no way this is the first time you've flown, 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 fuck both those words, but there's just no way. Um, at that point it was just embarrassing. I like rolled my eyes, like, come on. There's another one too, where I was behind these two dudes and they were clearly going to be sitting together and they're both looking at their ticket in their chair and They just couldn't figure out what to do. And I was standing behind them and I looked at another person. You ever have this in public? This is a very enjoyable thing of human interaction. The nonverbal, can you believe these fucking idiots? That is satisfying. When you see two people doing something really dumb and you look over at another person and you just kind of give them the, you just kind of like raise your eyebrows and head nod towards these people. And then that guy gives you a look back, like shaking his head, like. Dipshits, right? Neither that you say any actual words, but there's just like this understanding through head nods and eyebrow raises and just like shaking of the chin. It's it's one of my favorite parts of human interaction. That's not penis and vagina. It's just something about that straight up being like, I know these guys are fucking idiots. can you believe this? That they, they just now they're looking at their their boarding pass. They went that far, and now they're like, well, I'm over here. You know, and they were together. And they were about to be like, I think you're the middle you're the one. Do you not discuss this before? What were you doing before when you were waiting that that didn't come up in casual conversation? Hey, I got the window. Oh, that's a bummer. I'd like the window. I love the window because I, I control it, too. There are some people who when you pop it up, look, it's one thing if it's early in the morning and it's bright ass sun coming through. It's blinding. But this was a noon flight, man. You bet your ass I'm going to look at skylines and see all the cool shit out the window. I'm getting a bird's eye view of the planet. I'm going to enjoy that. That's, that's one of the cool parts of, I, I don't, I'm glad that I'm not over that yet. I'm over it to an extent, right? But I'm glad I'm not uh, jaded by it. There are some people I see them get in, they get into their little window seat, push shades down and stuff like that. They have no design. Even at night, you don't want to look at the, the, the lighted up sky. You don't want to look down there and try to guess what city we're going over next. You don't want to do that. I feel like that's, there's a sadness to that. Appreciate it. You know, I remember someone saying once, well, like, I've got a heaven's view of the world. I'm going to soak that in. And I love, I love spotting baseball diamonds. It's cool. Golf courses. You could see now too. football that depends, but baseball diamonds always stick out flying over them. They're just, it's so undeniably American. I wonder if Europeans and um, Asians and African, you know, all the other continents, South American, I wonder when they fly over America, and they're looking out the window. They're like, "What are these things?" They're pretty, and then they maybe they know baseball. Then at that point, but I wonder if they get a kick out of that. Like, "Oh man, these Americans really love this game." I wonder if it's like over Europe. You're flying over, and you just see those lines, and you're like that rectangle. And you're like that. There's a football pitch. There's a soccer field. I get it. The pitch. So like as they call it, I like that. Did you guys know that? Um, European football, soccer, they call it the pitch. I don't know why exactly. Maybe that's just like slang for a big patch of grass or something maybe someone originally said let's go plan that patch and someone said you call it the pitch it's like no but i like that we're gonna do that you having bad hearing just created a really cool fucking phrase maybe that's how it came about not sure all right everybody that has been the podcast for uh tuesday or i'm doing it tuesday october 4th you're probably listening to wednesday october 5th let's have ourselves a big october okay halloween's coming you have some fun episodes talking about some funny shit Thank you for listening to my New York City recap. Thanks to everyone who bought tickets, who came out to the shows. Uh, it was an incredible experience, one that I will remember for the rest of my life. And again, I can't thank you guys enough. I am just the luckiest boy in the world, the luckiest man in the world. Um, yeah, I'm feeling really good these days. Uh, my mental health's in a good spot, so let's keep it there. <laughs> um, start getting this weed stuff. Let's get high. Maybe it'll be a... Uh, Kill Gallon's Pub will turn into Kill Gallon's Den. Let's start getting, uh, getting after it with the with the green, right? All right, you guys are the best, and as always, cheers.